Hello, Chad. Acknowledge We are Hello. insecure. Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome wow. to the post EP. God. This is what happens when you take two days off for the weekend. You forget things. Post EP? Oh, no. <laughs> not welcome to the post EP stream. Welcome to slightly something else. Uh, where I'm joined by Marty Sleever. Hello, everybody. I'm Yahtzee Crozier, by the way. Uh, it says under my under my face, but uh, it, it bears repeating. And what are we talking about this week, Marty? Uh, we're talking about the uh, the never-ending debate about um, video game difficulty, but more through the lens of uh, do we think that game critics need to be good at video games in order to be good critics? Oh um, boy, there's a lot of unpacking that needs to be done there, isn't there? There is. I think this will also be like a little bit of a therapy session for us. So I'm, I'm glad we got the the escapist two expert gamers. Here. Then I don't know how uh, ironically you meant to say that. Yes, but, uh, I've caught shit many times over the years yeah. for uh, apparently not being good at games when I criticize yeah. them. Uh, I was I was being ironic because I, uh, admittedly, I'm I'm pretty bad at a lot of games. Um, yeah. However, I feel often... strongly that skill does not equal good criticism, and vice versa. Quite. And uh, people uh, uh, only really have my streams to go off. And when I'm mm -hmm. on stream, I play anything up to about 60% worse than I play when I don't feel the pressure of uh, performing to an audience. Yeah, that's another uh, another thing is so much of our jobs are playing and speaking uh, extemporaneously on a topic. Um, whether it's like you were just mentioning a post EP last week about Hi-Fi Rush, which is a game that very much so requires your your um attention in order to maintain a beat that is a game that's very hard to play kind of mindlessly you know whereas like the power wash simulator is something that we did that whole two-hour stream of is something that you can you can very much play mindlessly um well so, it's a good yeah, thing you started on high five rush because that's one of the many facets of this topic i wanted to bring up because mm -hmm. uh, we both like high five rush high five rush has gotten uh, pretty rave reviews but there's a yep. lot of people in comments i see who say they just bounce off it and it's usually because they just don't have rhythm, which is mm -hmm. something some people have. They just yeah. don't get along with rhythm games because they just can't keep a beat. It's some people can't. It's a thing. Yeah. And how would how do you think people like you and I would feel if we saw a review in a major uh, medium of Hi-Fi Rush written by someone with no rhythm who didn't like the game? Uh, it would be very much a, why did this person waste their time doing this? This seems like a, a strange choice of a person to pair with this specific game. You got your toffee time early this week because he's going out with the rest of the family for a walk. Oh my god, early toffee time. Bonus toffee time. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of the strange things about games in general, uh, uh, even like compared to... You know other similar mediums like uh like literature or, or film or television or music or, or even sports um the the vast array of genres means that it is quite literally impossible for anyone to um to to be a a master of all of them quite like I, and there's, I would also, be... there's also the oh. fact that the only way to be good at a game is to play it a lot mm -hmm. and the nature of uh a jobbing criticism is that you have to move on to a new game every week. You just, you just simply don't have the time to get good. No, no, that's that's absolutely. And, and the games we tend to play and speak about in the audience are A, games that we have some sort of interest in, and B, games that we think our audience has an interest in. And so, you know, there's just certain genres, you're just probably not going to hear the two of us 
uh, you know, talk about. We're not going to be talking about hardcore racing sims or, you know, 4X games or competitive shooters or, you know, MMOs, just because it's like those, those things are like little part-time jobs that we just absolutely don't, don't have the, the time to fully understand. Yeah. I really don't get along with the real-time strategy amongst other things. Mm -hmm. I just find it hard to divide my attention. Yeah, games where I'm one person and I've only got that one person to worry about. But when yeah. you've got like six different units and they're all fighting different parts of the battlefield, I find it very easy to get overwhelmed very quickly. There's a certain and... point when the camera zooms out too much and I'm like, you've zoomed out too much. You've lost me. <laughs> you need to zoom in a little bit. So I wouldn't pretend to review an RTS. I admit I have no. been in the past, but usually just for the mm-hmm. gag of someone like yeah. me trying to play an RTS. Yeah. Oh, because it was um, that the re- releases were that dead. Yeah, yeah. But it's also that games, you know, in a way that those other mediums I mentioned don't. Games push back at you. Mm. You like uh, unless you are impatient, anyone can finish a movie or a TV show, mm. um, as long as you have you know basic reading comprehension uh, or are willing to put the time in to look things up. You can finish books, like even really obtuse books, like. Uh, gravity's rainbow or ulysses like if you really really take your time you can you can push through it whereas there's just certain games maybe there's some people who just you know can't get past Margit in uh in elden ring and it's one of the many wonderful nuanced ways video interactive narrative really changes the game when it comes to uh artistry and uh Mm -hmm. criticism counterpoint though that motherfucker who reviewed cuphead and couldn't figure out how to dash in the tutorial this is a problem. You are spreading misinformation. You said that motherfucker who reviewed Cuphead, it wasn't, he didn't review it. It was at a trade show, captured footage, and wrote uh, of, of the first 25 minutes or whatever, and wrote a piece about how he was bad at the game and didn't understand what the game wanted from him. And admittedly, Dean Takahashi, not a game journalist, is a tech journalist who happened to be at a show where there was a version of that game to play. And so wrote okay. it up for the site. Okay. Well, let's take a different example. Me, playing Sonic yeah. Frontiers. Yes. Because I like to think I had a complicated opinion on that game. I think it had mm-hmm. some positive qualities, but ultimately I went away with a broadly negative feeling for it. Uh, I think the, there were a lot of tonal issues with it. Uh, the gameplay felt a little detached from the environment. And uh, there's a lot of mini game shit that I thought was very, very tiresome. And ultimately I really hated the boss fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I expressed that uh, feeling throughout mm-hmm. the course of that review. But when I looked at the response, what I found very, very annoying is that everyone sort of zeroed in, all the Sonic fans particularly, or fans of that game, zeroed in on my complaints about the boss fights and how they were irritating. And all of them said, oh. no, you could just parry them. Parry, parry, parry. Ugh, Yatsu doesn't know how to parry. He, he shouldn't be reviewing this game. He's obviously can't understand basic things. And I found this infuriating because this was just one thing I was ripping on the game for. And joke on joke, I fucking knew how to parry. I was parrying all the time in that game. It's just when you, have you to write a five, when you have to write a five minute review, some things mm-hmm. you sort of amend for the sake of flow and for the yeah. sake of humor. So I didn't well, happen. I didn't like mention the parry mechanic, and uh, I, what I was getting from the feedback is that uh, the whole review was just dismissed because people were just saying he he never figured out how to parry. There's a uh, 
there, there's a, a subset of folks online um, who don't want criticism. They want validation. Uh-huh. Uh, if you would have, if you would have said the exact same thing, but overall your thesis was I, I've loved the game. Those fans would have never said a thing because they want their opinions validated. They don't want a deconstruction of the thing that they've, you know, um, ended up uh, having become the totem of their identity. Mm. Uh, and that's what I see so often. I see that before games come out. I see, even in our Discord and in the comments, I see when we announce whatever the next game you're going to play is. So you're playing Dead Space Remake this week. I see people say, I'm fucking stoked for Yahtzee to tear that game apart. And I'm like, why Why are we going in with, like, a, a, an expectation that a critic is going to, like, tear this thing apart? Why don't we go in open-minded and then see what you think of it. So it's it seems like, you know, um, we also talk about games that get the sort of the strange zeitgeist dogpiling before they come out. Forspoken mm-hmm. felt like one of those. Uh, we talked at length about Saints Row last year, felt like one of those. Um, those were and both it's, really bad games, though. Uh, Saints Row was not really bad. We both agreed the game was just fine, and that's almost what made it the most forgettable, right? Well, I guess I was uh, attached to the previous previous games. And yeah, yeah. Sort of added, added an extra layer against the same yeah yeah you you have uh you're you're one of the people honestly one of the the people i think has the most personal attachment to um earlier games in that series like the way you speak of uh you know saints row uh two or three and 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 four uh is kind of different than i think most critics speak to so i feel like them going back to the well for that franchise is really going to uh uh you know strike a nerve with you yeah and uh well I guess that's kind of relevant because, uh, well, what we're talking about here is do critics have a uh, expectation to know what they're talking about when they review? Yeah, them? which I mm-hmm. would say I would argue yes. Yes, I would and, agree with that. And uh, often with a game like something like Dark Souls, it can take you have to be skilled in the game to uh, know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. because that's the whole core of the game i look back on shame of my original review of demon souls before i really understood the whole from software experience uh-huh. and i just complained that it was too hard and whined a lot yeah. but and then after the fact i got into dark souls and uh, sort of understood uh, the appeal and i would never have been able to grasp the understanding of the appeal within the first week that dark souls came out yeah yeah, there was, uh, I mean, it's not like you were uh, uh, an odd man out with Demon Souls. I think the industry at large, Demon Souls was such a strange and new thing. Well, I, I do. I do. knee jerk reaction to it by most people was, what the fuck is this? Why is this so opaque and difficult? I do maintain that uh, uh, there's a reason why Dark Souls was when the series really took off. It's better. It's better Demon, in yeah, every way. <laughs> yeah, Demon Souls had its stumbles. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dark Souls definitely feels like one of the we talk about that a lot, like Uncharted One to Uncharted Two or Assassin's Creed Two to Assassin's Creed One, where it feels like it was built. It took the framework of an original game and uh, uh, just yeah. sort of made it better in every way, shape, and form. Ooh, Frost and Nick are in the chat. That's relevant because Frost just had a video out on early access on the subject mm-hmm. of playing games wrong. Yes, which he referenced uh, Nick's recent uh, love affair with Death Stranding, which he acquired mm-hmm. from playing Death Stranding on the easiest difficulty. Yep. which has earned him a bit of ire from the community saying that he play, he's playing Death Stranding wrong and therefore his opinion cannot be considered. You know what? He got a retweet from Kojima himself, so fuck them fans. That's well, he was just sucking his dick. 
Oh, well done, Nick. I'm, pr I'm proud of you. I think there's also the layer of things where not so much playing the game wrong, but not playing the game as intended. I think it's safe to say that most games aren't intended to be played on the easiest difficulty. Um, Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, isn't that what normal is? <laughs> like, yeah, in theory, normal. like uh, normal yes. would be that, yeah. Come and join the rest of us actual normal people to playing normal difficulty, you fucking freaks. Yeah, um, counterpoint. I'm, I'm, if, if, if a game is frustrating me, easy, I'm, I'm too old to, to be bashing my head against the wall. Um, but isn't, I mean, do you, do you sort of agree that once uh, sort of art goes out into the world, it belongs to the people, no longer belongs to the artists? So well, I'm does sure, uh, it really matter? I'm sure a transgender Harry Potter fan would tell you that uh, one has to separate yeah. art from artist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a little different, though. Uh, death of the author. I'm not talking about death of the author. I'm more talking about... Violent death of the author, hopefully. But <laughs> I'm more talking about, uh, you know, like once, like, uh, people say Smash Bros. Uh, mm. uh, Casey is a hardcore Smash Bros. player and insists the game should be played without without items, without weapons on boring-ass stages. Is that intentional? Um, is that the intended experience there? I'd say no. What's intended, though? If you have the options, doesn't intent... If, if if the options are there to toggle on and off, if the options are there to, you know, set the game to easy... Like, I would say there's clear intent in Souls games, in FromSoft games, because they don't have difficulty. Well, there sliders. you go. Um, whereas if a game has... You know, The Last of Us has everything from, like, story mode to uh, Grounded, which has permadeath, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so it is there... Like, is there intention there, or does is is every difficulty help like hold the same weight? Well, let's not get uh, confused with finding your own entertainment with a game, like sure. Nick did with Death Stranding, and mm -hmm. being able to criticize it as a critic. So, from a critical perspective, I think there's validity in assessing what the author was trying to achieve. Sure. Uh, rather than uh, whether or not the critic themselves is good at the game. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I also think a casual person entering a, a realm like that, their opinion to me can be just as interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I think at a certain point you can almost become too good at a game and too lost in the sauce to yeah. where your 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 criticism almost becomes um, hard well, to parse. If you have well, like the people you see sometimes in our Sea of Thieves streams, people who have like 5,000 hours in that game. And it's like, at a certain point, you are no longer speaking the same language as people who are just asking, is this game any good? Should I should I try this game out? Well, I guess ultimately this is my argument, because the critic's role is to provide sort of the everyman experience. Yes. And it's possible for someone who plays a game to be a little bit too in. Yeah. Like, especially if you've like played like uh, a very long-running, uh, very fan-centered franchise, and then you play a new installment that's like, uh, turned its back on the fans to appeal to a broad demographic. I think that mm -hmm. person probably is a little bit too in to criticize that game fairly. 
Yeah, but like at a certain point, I, I don't know the idea of like fair and and bias and stuff that that becomes kind of like a murky, like murky waters. As well, as long as I know what the I mean, speaking of intent, what the authorial uh, authorial intent of whoever's writing this piece is, then I'm really interested in that. So like Nick, right from the get go, sort of his whole his whole thing in the game wasn't death stranding is too hard. Um, anyone who plays Death Stranding on hard is, is cheating themselves. His whole thing was like, for me personally, in order to get enjoyment out of this thing, I needed to turn it down to easy so that I didn't have to engage with the, you know, systems and mechanics that I found to be tedious and, and off-putting. Again, that may ultimately be the final argument here. The critic can only speak for themselves. Yeah. And it's on the audience to uh, get a, a range of opinions, maybe from some critics who uh, are established to like that sort of thing, and some critics who are entirely new to that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Who's, you know, the idea of consuming criticism and review is you're supposed to find critics that you generally agree with mm -hmm. and see uh, how they feel about new games, because yeah. no one can represent absolutely everyone. But at the same time, I do find... So I just finished uh, Resident Evil 4. Um, did the you? I did, and let me tell you what a game. Uh, sure the island is. stuff is kind of wonky. Island stuff gets kind of wonky. First two thirds, perfect. You no played notes. it before, right? I have played it before. I haven't played it since in probably 15 years, though. Um, I so, wonder uh, how people who've gotten used to... Because it was the first game to do that over-the-shoulder, uh, one-third positioning on-screen character uh, yeah. action gameplay. And I think there's been a lot of sort of tweaking and proof-of-life improvements uh, on that whole thing since then. There has, but at the same time... So I've been watching a bunch of video game essays on it. Um, uh, uh, like YouTube essays on it after finishing it because that's what I do, I finish games and I think it was Noah Caldwell Gervais, an entire video about the Resident Evil franchise Oh my talks god, about how... that guy can blab on about shit. Oh my god, he makes he makes <laughs> Do you can you make a seven and a half hour video on the Resident Evil series? Because I'm halfway I mean, through his I wouldn't want to, I think you'd need some kind of mental illness. It's incredible I love it. Uh, but anyways, he talks about how uh, Resident Evil 4 and um Half-Life, which is another game, you know, we're currently covering at The Escapist with Casey playing through for the first time. Both felt like games, he compared them to, uh, in Greek mythology, how Athena uh, was bore from Zeus's body fully formed. Uh, how these two games felt like they, they, they entered the world and had a new genre fully formed. Mm. Um, which I find, like, fascinating because it is true that, like, while things were built upon them, it didn't feel like this was, like, a dry run at something. It felt like one of those games that should have been like the iteration of of several games before it, but wasn't. It was just a first that was sort of born perfect and a mold for things uh, going forward, which uh, is interesting because he also in that video he says he's innocent, terrible at games and was bad at Resident Evil Four. I'm not like you. Sorry, what song is that? It, it's the song that was the theme to uh, Stephanie Sterling's series for the longest mm. time. Gotcha. Sorry, I completely uh, zero, uh, zoned out while you were talking there. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not on you. I, I, I was distracted no, I'll let by you, other things. No, it's, it's your time. It's your time to talk. Oh, you, shit. you get the attention now. Spotlight on Yahtzee. Okay. What kind of snarks do you got for us? Well, um, I guess I wanted to ask you your honest opinion on, do you think, uh, as someone who is a huge fan of Resident Evil 4, my mm -hmm. review of the remake will be at all tainted? I mean, but are we? Isn't every review filled with that person's sort of bias and history and and? 
I guess. And, and we're like, but, we, uh, we, we carry the baggage of life with us. We carry the baggage of the things we like and the things we don't well, like. Well, that's my point. Is, would it be more valid to uh, see a review without baggage? Uh, but would there are going to be reviews be without use, baggage. Would that be a more useful viewpoint in the you know, ultimate for, analysis of that game? For me, I am going to be thrilled to to read and watch reviews of people who have this game in their DNA like you. So for both Resident Evil 4 and for um, Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2. <laughs> um, oh, but I will yes, also I be thrilled, like, yeah, I'll also be thrilled, like, Casey's never played Resident Evil 4. So if Casey were to play the Resident Evil 4 remake, I'd be thrilled to see what he has to say about it. Like, what is it like coming to this new experience? Because there are going to be probably millions of people who play Resident Evil 4 and haven't played the original. There's probably literally millions of people who play the Dead Space remake who didn't play the original Dead Space. You know what I think is going to happen? Lots of people What's who didn't that? play the original Resident Evil 4 are going to play Resident Evil 4 remake and go, yeah, it's all right. Because what they're doing, what uh, Capcom are doing here is that they're taking something that was originally this explosive like sea change in video game design and mm -hmm. just sort of making it homogenous with the rest of their shit they're putting out right now. It's just another RE2 make or another RE3 make. That wallpaper on a new skeleton. But the Resident Evil 2 remake is fucking great, though. Like, if it's another Resident Evil 2 remake, I think yeah, that's Yeah, the awesome. RE2, the RE2 make uh, was justified because the original Resident Evil 2 was a mm. PlayStation 1 fixed camera survival yeah. horror game and, and looks you're really a, lame now. Yeah, you're a chunky tank man. Yeah, but now they're just... Now it's just Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, and then Resident Evil 4 was just this so far and away this entirely new entity from those things on the ps1 in this yeah. case with this new remake series it's just re2 re3 re4 and they're all the same yeah that's what's gonna yeah. happen people are just gonna go eh, it's all right yeah i think the big thing is gonna be i'm like again we we need to see how they're gonna handle mostly the back half of that game when it gets really strange because they haven't showed that at all they've shown spooky villages and they've shown Spooky oh, it's, caverns. It's pretty strange from the from the start, like chainsaw dudes with yeah, bags on. Yeah, head. yeah. I guess chainsaw dudes. Hey, that dog. It's that dog. Yeah. Um, dudes' heads explode and a fucking calamari platter comes out. It's absolutely delicious. Yeah. Um, it is. It is a weird game. I'm, I'm. I'm excited to see see more folks be able to check it out, though. I also think there's a there's been a general like. If you zoom the camera out, there's been a general uh, uh, sort of aggression against <laughs> journalists in general over the past uh, decade. Um, Do you think? You say, yeah, just a little bit. Um, you know, some of that spawning from Gamergate, some of that spawning from uh, the, the presidency well, we had in the back half of the decade. But, well, let's um, not forget that when Gamergate started, I mean, fair point, it became something very horrible. Uh, but initially, there were some people like the late Total Biscuit and like myself, uh, who was like took a similar view that it, the Gamergate was a consumer revolt against uh, a media that was too in bed with publishers, which I still think is a perfectly valid thing to complain about. It uh, became, as I say, Gamergate became something else, but that was my initial interpretation of it. I think it was. I think the writing was on the wall right from the beginning where that was going to go. Okay. <laughs> well, that wasn't. Well, as I say, we're all got our own subjective experiences. That's the whole sure. point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not like I. You know, I worked at IGN for several years, and so I know that like every time a review goes up, it is just, it's just hate on the outlet, hate on the person. Like that is one of those things. Like the the, the huge difference between the comment section um, and the community, uh, the escape is created at IGN is the you know the 
in comparison, smaller, uh, more intimate community here is generally incredibly positive and like really sweet. And the people we have in Discord and the people who show up to live streams and, you know, the, the people who play on community game nights are like, they have like a level of empathy, whereas the people in the comments of any bigger site, uh, there's like an anonymity and a want yeah. to just burn the windmill yeah. down and, and kill what they foresee as a Frankenstein. Yeah, we've Frankenstein's got monster. A, the escapist has a nice human face. We in do. Yeah. Contrast to the... Uh, the corporate games media that just wants 8.9s and 9s and 9.2s to... But they the don't want score. that. See, that is the problem. Like, you were speaking from the, the point of ignorance that millions of people have, and that is, like, genuinely damaging to, like, the good the good criticism and good journalism that's happening at these places. And it sucks. Well, uh, I know the publishers want the numbers. Well, publishers want the numbers, but as someone who works, like, there's still that, there's still people who say, uh, well, it's clearly people get paid for good reviews. And do you think, like, a secret can't be held between three people. No, do you no. think that there's this global conspiracy where, where EA and Ubisoft and Activision and Nintendo and Microsoft, multinational companies, are, are handing money to who? The editor-in-chief? The publisher? The, the reviews editor? The, the writers? Like, how do you think this works? I saw someone go on a whole thread of, like, do you think there's like w2s and like w9s involved in this like like well, how does how does this work well obviously no one's just like handing out brown envelopes but you know publishers do influence on in subtler ways like the problems we've had with sony not giving us review copies because we don't suck their dick and uh, there's also uh, like how is influence. that that's not an inf that's just access that's not influence yeah, but uh, access can be uh, uh, financially important to a media output. I mean, we might make more money if we were able to get reviews out at the exact time of release. Sure. Do Have we ever changed in order to cater to publishers? Uh, I mean, no. as in like Sony, we didn't say, we didn't say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll soften up the language on ZPs for Sony going forward. Correct? Well, I haven't. No. And I'm, a, I'm pretty sure Nick hasn't either, knowing Nick. Uh, if anything, Nick probably just uh, went on a, a Twitter tirade against them. Uh, but those things don't happen. Those things do not happen at the big sites. I, can, I guess I can only speak to IGN. Those do not happen there. Well, the big sites are sort of being pushed out by the influencers these days. Like and the influencers are the ones that actually get money. They get money from publishers and developers to cover yeah, their games. They, they, yeah, they don't even hide it, do they? No. And it's fine as long as it's as long as it's open and honest. I think that's fine. Like I don't know if you're doing sponsored streams. We do sponsored streams. We need to keep the lights on. That allows us to hire new people, to bring more editors on, to you know allow for for an editor to take over something like extra punctuation, so you get more series, or to make Adventures Nigh bigger and cooler than ever before. Well, uh, sooner or later, the money creeps in. I think. I mean, the money creeps uh, into what? You can't, that's just like, uh, that's such a shitty, like, well, eventually, eventually they're going to come out as corrupt. That's not how it works. Like, well, that, and again, that's the, that's the, the, the viewpoint that gets people to, un, to, to not trust these sites and how we get all these thumbnails that say honest reviews. And I fucking hate the idea of honest review because all you're doing, if you put honest review in your headline or thumbnail is you're shitting on everyone behind you being like, none of those guys are, are honest, but I have honest in my summary. Well, sucks. to quote Robert Englund in Injustice 2, touched a nerve there. <laughs> wait, in, wait, Freddy? Yeah, Robert Englund voiced Scarecrow in Injustice 2. Oh. 
I was so confused. I was like, Freddy Krueger? Yeah. He's been in one of those Injustice games, though, hasn't he? Or he's been in... Uh, he was in the Mortal Kombat. Mortal now. Kombat. That was it. That makes more sense. Sorry, well, I, started, although, I started ranting, although, and I feel like we're not talking about although, difficulty although he, anymore. Although, he wasn't voiced by Robert England when Freddy Krueger no. was in Mortal Kombat 9. Well, so they got him to be Scarecrow, but they couldn't get him to be to be Freddy? Maybe they that was the apology. <laughs> I guess so. Anyway, really not, bad funny remake. Well, anyway let's get back to the point. I'm not shit yes, at games. Sorry. Fuck you. Uh, whoa. Uh, there's some games you're probably shit at, right? How are you at fighting well, games? You can't okay. be good at fighting games. Okay, I'm shit at a lot of those games. Yeah. But the fact um, is, you know, I like to think I represent uh, a sort of average level of skill for video games. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people who have trouble just sort of getting into their the space of being able to respond quickly with button presses to things they see mm -hmm. on screen. Like watch your grandma playing a first-person shooter with a Xbox controller and you'll see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I have like, I have like at the level where I could go into basically any game and at least uh, play it on a functional level. Mm -hmm. Has there ever been, uh, can you think back in your 15, however many years of doing this, like has there been a game that's been the, like uh, stood out in in terms of being really hard to review just for like being like fuck this is i mean was that demon souls i guess like something Maybe. something new and something oh, unexpected or like rts is like i tried to review uh halo wars at one point yeah and so now you're kind of just you you've done this I, long enough to know like I, I really don't need to be doing this i just feel like a fish out of water uh playing rts yeah and there no, games, I hear you. I hear that with with MMOs, same thing with with uh, there were things where I felt like I had a physical limitation. Like um, remember when Kinect was a thing, oh, and yeah. they kept trying to bring out uh, core games uh, rather than just you know fun party games and dancing sims. They tried to bring out core gameplay stuff like uh, Rise of Nightmares, which was like a yeah. survival horror with Kinect. And how you're supposed to play that was that you're supposed to like pull like one stand up and put one foot forward to walk forward. Yeah. And I was, I could only play that for like half an hour before I'd be in massive physical pain. Because I'm, yeah. I'm a tall man. I can't stand off balance for long periods without pain going all through my feet and all up yeah. my legs and all up and back. So yeah. I almost feel yeah, maybe I shouldn't have reviewed that game because I was physically unable to be immersed by it. Yeah. No, that's understandable. And that's why, I mean, we're also seeing a rise in, you know, accessibility options in games, um, um, whether it's, you know, alternative controls or, um, you know, settings to to uh, to help people with either like visual or hearing impairments or, or, again, even difficulty. Like Sony's been kind of at the forefront of that, which I... Ah, accessibility. That's a whole extra argument in itself, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it <laughs> it is. I feel like that's a that could be a that could be a topic uh, for another day, but I don't know. Like to me, critics like being good at the game is not one of the things I I look for. Well, in critics. Like, sorry to I, like sorry to have to throw a whole wrench into the whole this thing right before we're supposed to go to super chats. Yeah, but uh, what do we mean by good at the game? Uh, I mean that's that's also <laughs> that's also a good point because isn't that just a completely yeah, I mean, like. I mean, nobody's person, person basis. Nobody's bad at formulating their own opinion. Nobody gets their own opinion wrong. Uh, but people can be bad at expressing that opinion. Yeah, you know, yeah, people yeah. can be bad. Like critics, to me, a, a great critic um, 
you know, unpacks mechanics and, and, and tone and intent, and they can explain how they feel and, and why they feel that way. And they well, can like use to think it's, history well, to add context. I do like to think that it's not so much being good at every game that makes me a good critic. It's the fact that I have played hundreds upon thousands of games and mm -hmm. like to think I have a fairly decent insight into the way games are made and their design tropes and yep. the fundamentals of how to make an appealing or cathartic experience. Mm -hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you have history of actually making games yourself. And, well, that's and, a big part of it. You know, writing, yeah. writing, writing books, and so you have a like, you know, base understanding of of story structure and of you know yes. of, of a core level of design. It helps uh, giving that sort of analytical level. But I think I'd say mostly operate on the broadest possible level, which is, am I having fun? And once you can answer that question, that's when you start uh, going in into the deep takes yeah and figuring out what works and what doesn't yeah yeah so there you go you don't have to be good at games but you do have to be good at criticism there you go but what is good at criticism no oh, all, right. all right let's get us there'll be plenty of arguments once we go to super chat no everyone's gonna be very nice and no one's gonna say a mean thing or accuse any of us or take off taking uh, money you start us off because i've lost the first view again uh, I think you've lost, maybe you've lost a lot of them. Fresh Ground Tuesday, I've been a member for two months. $5 donation, thank you so much, Tuesday. Uh, I want to be the first in the comments to say, quote, obviously not, because how else would Yahtzee have had a career this long? Yeah, 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 you've only seen waka, me stream. 60% skill loss, as I keep saying. You should have seen me in my Guitar Hero heyday, asshole. Yeah, we're getting old, though. We're getting old. The reflexes are going up. I know, I keep, I got like this persistent pain in my right wrist, which yeah. is probably be playing expert level guitar hero for many years didn't help also you should stop playing uh, on mouse and keyboard and start playing with controllers oh consoles for life consoles for life uh and then beast marsh uh with two dollar dono just replying to that saying damn it you beat me to it so apparently several people wanted to roast yeah yeah let's all get the obvious takes in uh alex varenberg uh with a two dollar dono a good critic articulates is sympathetic and is insightful i like that word articulate Articulate's really good. Insightful's really good. Um, I, think I just like the word. I like, the, I like the sound of the word. Articulate. Oh. I also you, like. You articulate it very I, well. like, I also like serendipitous. Serendipitous is really good. That rolls you know, off the tongue well. I'm a sort of like expert at this point <clears> of <throat> saying words very fast. You know what I yes. found is a really weirdly easy word to say fast. What's that? Developers. 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 Develop. Yeah. Developers. Why do you think that is? Is that just know, like the just way a, certain consonants and vowels flow just, into each other? Yeah, because like each consonant obviously requires different like mouth arrangements, and for some reason, all the consonants of developers just sort of flow into each other. Yeah, you do say it very quickly. Developers. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Incredible. Uh, Tommy Salty, tens of OTA donation. Thank you so much. Good critics should critique, not criticize. But what does that mean, Tommy Salty? No. Doesn't critic doesn't a critique involve criticizing? 
I think a lot of people like uh, make the mistake of uh, assuming criticize has the meaning of always being negative. Sure. Which is because that's what the word like the word criticize has. It's what it's come to mean. Predominantly, Langu used as language that. Yeah. evolves. But that's not criticism. Criticism can be Analysis, extremely yeah. positive. Yeah, yeah. 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 Criticism yeah. is is more about. Uh, analysis from the perspective of the larger cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Uh, zeitgeist is a pretty good word, too. Like That's that. a good word, too. I know. It's yeah. German. Should... It literally yeah, translates... it is the ghost of our times. I know. Literal, literally translates to time ghost. That's very scary. I don't want to fuck with any of those time ghosts. Husky Highlander. $2 dono. Who critiques the critics? Uh, YouTubers. YouTubers critique Oh, yeah. The there's critics. plenty of YouTubers uh, doing that old shit. Yeah, yeah, and then they do they do a lot of thumbnails where they have the people, and then they point and they make a face. Who the um, fuck watches reaction videos of other YouTube uh, videos? Millions of people. I know millions why. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. That's just something I don't understand. That's just something I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk to. Maybe I'm just too old for this shit. I'm like like Murtaugh and. Is it uh, like why they had to put laugh tracks on old sitcoms? Because otherwise the oh audience wouldn't know when to laugh. So what happens when you take away when you take away the laugh track? Is there just awkward silence? A strange have you, have you seen, air. Have you seen those? Have you seen those videos where they take the laugh tracks yeah. of old sitcoms? Yeah, and it's, it, and it it's, feels haunted and it's excruciating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genuinely doesn't terrible. work so well on sitcoms that are actually funny. No, it it really doesn't. Uh, SVS Guru with a five euro donation. I think critics should be as good at games as the average player that plays them, or at least. Uh, take that skill level into account but what does What's that it? mean yeah exactly i mean when when 20 million people buy elden ring how do we take the average of those 20 yeah, million people i'd say the average person who played elden ring probably sucked at it because yeah. it's a it calls far higher than average skill level yeah and even when we you know we we talk about sometimes the the stats behind like steam achievements or, or anything like that and even games that are relatively short and you'd think people would be able to get through like portal still have a surprisingly small completion percentage i know something like hogwarts legacy is still at like four percent yeah uh, I and mean, there's also a lot of people who just don't the achievement for completing the game there's also just a lot of people who play games like an hour a night maybe if that or a few hours on the weekend so yeah that's the only um, time i can play games i actually want to play for fun for myself so, it's like, like an hour dead. a night yeah um yeah, there's that. Uh, Maximilius 101 with a $10 donation. What do you suppose your ZP selves on the overlay are doing right now? I like to imagine Marty is singing random documents and audio logs, and Yahtzee is desperately trying to get him to stop. I think I... on the, the art, I'm being killed by the Lord of Cinder. No, I think that he's talking about the stream overlay. Oh, I... that one. I think in the stream overlay, uh, Marty is peeping on me, uh, trying to have an illicit piss in some long grass. Hmm. You should be turned around then. You shouldn't be facing me. Well, maybe well, I, didn't expect you like to be, I didn't expect you to suddenly emerge from the top of the building. I'm uh, I'm like the sicko. I'm the sicko image. Like I'm just I'm, pissing I'm... on the wall of a shed or something. And the shed uh... with your face on it. And then you just popped up over the roof of the shed saying, Hello, are you pissing on my face? And I'm like, yeah, you Stop shouldn't, that. You sh I can't go when you're watching. Don't Well, don't piss on your friend's face. That's weird. Right? Well, I'm not hey, shame. You can piss wherever you want. I one could argue that one only pisses on the very bestest of friends' faces. That is, <laughs> that is true. 
That is the truest sign of friendship, is if you've pissed on someone. Uh, we're going to stop that there. We're not going to go any further there. Uh, Matthew Adkins uh, with a final dono. Uh, we couldn't see your hands during the Hi-Fi Rush stream, so we can't rule out that maybe it was Toffee who was playing and has no rhythm. If that's what you want to believe, then go ahead. Yeah. Do you think Do you think there's ever going to be games for dogs? Do you think Toffee's ever going to be able to enjoy a video game? There's games for cats, isn't there? You can buy those things for your tablet that's just like a mouse moving across the screen and your cat just Incredible. bats at it. Occupies them for hours. Incredible. I feel like that's a million dollar idea as a cat critic. Like, what, do, what do cats think again? There's got to be some channel that's like, I sat my cat in front of all the Oscar nominees. This is the one he sat the longest before getting bored and wandering off. Cat reaction videos. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, oh no, we're back to reaction videos. <laughs> Uh, Ape of Naples uh, with a two-dollar dono. Jim Sterling's take on this gave me brain damage. Okay, I don't think I've seen his take. No. Uh, Agent Moon. Uh, oh, I can take over from here. This oh, is where my, well this is where I come in. Agent Moon Hell Seven yeah. member for seven months in early access. Critics are not one size fits all, which was Great. the point I was making earlier. You really should. Explore a smorgasbord of critics and find with the ones you uh, generally agree with, rather than get angry at someone. Uh, having a negative opinion of a game you liked, I like I like critics I disagree with though. I like someone I like reading like genuinely great, scathing criticism of a game I really like and seeing. Well, it a lot of people else. don't appreciate that nuance of, uh, as you say, most people are just looking for the validation. validation. Yeah, and I don't I don't fucking need that. Uh, these people don't really engage with, as I say, the larger cultural sphere. Anyway, a superb boner. Gives ten dollars, and says the most important thing I look for in a critic is consistency. The vast rotation of critics at IGN makes each review's viewpoint feel inconsistent with the others, whereas ZP has a consistent voice. That's because Yahtzee's one person. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is that I always thought print video game journalism had much less of the sort of facelessness problem that corporate online game journalism has. There was also so 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 fewer people doing it then. yeah like uh, the old yeah. like video game magazines i used to read would have like a, a team of like six or seven guys and they'd be like yeah. profiles at the start of the magazine and mm -hmm. there'd be pictures of them and you'd get to know them a bit and their reviews would always be infused with like a bit of you know a bit of humor and a bit of like uh, personal experience and you got a you appreciated them as human beings yeah which i think there's i mean again like there are like we it's easy if you don't consume IGN's content to say it's a faceless critic, but like almost all those critics are on weekly podcasts and video shows and stuff that more people watch than our streams and video shows. So like they do have an audience who knows them as people, but the reach of their things are are far more vast. So when you see, you know, the, their reviews get a million, two million views on YouTube. It's not like zero punctuation where I'm a, I'm assuming a majority of the people who watch your videos have watched other ones of your videos. Well, like, I get new views in all the time, but I think what I benefit from is that I'm in character when I do a zero punctuation review. Hmm. And that character is consistent. He's yes. a slightly psychotic person who's trapped yeah. in a yellow room. Oh no, is it because someone pissed on the side of it? And uh, he's got a sort of weird fetish for sea mammals. Yeah. But yeah, when I'm writing a zero punctuation, I'm in character as a sort of like overblown, sort of what the Mr. Plinger thing was doing. You sort of take the stereotype of the uh, nerdy internet critic that was started mm -hmm. with shit like Angry Video Game Nerd and Nostalgia Critic, take the sort of undertext 
um, the sort of pathetic undercurrent of these people and sort of play that up as a character. Is it worrisome to you as a creator that there is a non-zero amount of people out there who don't realize that it's a character? Well, or is that just that them? would surprise me because they're fucking cartoons. They are fucking cartoons. I don't think anyone seriously believes I'm a black and white uh, icon individual who looks like he belongs on a road sign. You'd be surprised. I think you'd be surprised. Anyway. Will Cooling gives two pounds and says, Try Hi-Fi Rush on easy. I've no rhythm and can play it. Well, I think Hi-Fi Rush is one of those games where you feel a hell of a lot more satisfied if you can play it on a higher difficulty and do really well. Yeah. You're like, fuck, yeah, I'm really getting into the music. Yes. You get in that hot, hot flow state. Yeah. I'm not going to say hot, hot flow state anymore. That was a, that was a one-off. I got my wife into a hot, hot flow state the other night. Son of a bitch. Poseidon Energy gives $10 and says, I like to play games on lower difficulties mainly because I want to have fun with the game as stress relief. I will not feel any urge to come back to a game if every time I pick it up I get angry. I'm yep. sort of with you, Poseidon Energy, but that's the sort of thing I do when I want to listen to a podcast at the same time. Mm-hmm. I just want a game that I, that's just a thing I can do with my hands while I listen to something. <clears throat> yeah. I'm also not, I'm not a very competitive person. Like, I don't... No, because what we haven't covered in this entire argument is the multiplayer experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, which is like specifically a very hard thing to talk about for anyone. Yeah, like who I think who do you want to hear multiplayer criticism from? Even more so than single player games, multiplayer you have to play a lot of to get good at, and the average person will go into multiplayer mode and then just get flattened by the people who've got the time to play it twenty four hours a day. Yeah, yeah, you always hear. I even have friends who were like, I can't, like, they were very casual players, and they were like, I can't play Warzone anymore, because I want to play, like, once a month, and I go in, and I just get fucking obliterated immediately. And I'm like, well, this isn't fun. This is one of the many reasons why multiplayer will never replace single player, no matter how much the publishers want it to. Yeah. Anyway. Doran Grossman Naples gives $5 and says, I want all my game reviews to be done by AI, trained on the Oxford English Dictionary. No bias, unless you count opinions on linguistics. Ah, damn it. Oh, that brings back the old uh, stupid argument over whether video game critics should be objective. Uh, just get a fact sheet from the publisher, then. Just tell yeah. me how many levels the game is, how many graphics it is, and how much it costs, and there you go. Objective review. Yeah, I think Stephanie Sterling did like a, a fully objective review as a gag once. <laughs> yeah. And it was basically yeah, just, yeah, this is a game. Way. This is a game. Yeah. You control things with buttons. It's not a product. It's not a refrigerator. It's not a coffee maker. Like, it's art. If we if we want games to be art, then you you gotta understand that every art critic brings their own history and bias into things. Okay, this is a mysterious one. We've got That's no it. name, member for eleven months in early access, and message retracted. Dun, That's, dun, all, dun. That's all it says. What if it was how you die? Make it sure was that just what the, you will. the date and time of how you die. Well, it's a shame I missed it. Yeah, man of. I don't have it. Which weird. I've been keeping track of all of them, and I don't even have it. Hmm. Manav Sridharan, God knows how you pronounce that, apologies in advance, gives a hundred rupees and says, Yats, what's your opinion on Sandy Toxvig on QI? Have you checked the show out since Stephen Fry's exit? I personally think she's quite good. That was like, wasn't that like 15 years ago that Sandy Toxvig took over from Stephen Fry on QI? Maybe uh, Manav sent this message 15 years ago and it just took a while to get here. I haven't watched it the longest time, but... Uh, uh, you know, I like Stephen Fry in a way I don't like Sandy Togsvig so much, so obviously I preferred it when Stephen Fry was there. What's what's Sandy's deal? 
I know who Stephen Fry is. I don't know who Sandy is. Oh, she's like a you know a UK presenter of stuff who shows up who's showed up on like pretty much every panel show. Gotcha. And you know, it's not that I dislike her as a person. It's just Stephen Fry is such a wonderful person to listen to with his big favorite uncle sweater and his big mm -hmm. chummy face. And obviously, it was a step down to have anyone else in that role. Sure, I imagine that's a lot. Of, a lot of people have been going through that the last few years with uh, Jeopardy here in the states, by, with with Alex Trebek uh, right. passing away and being replaced by a couple folks. Hmm. Rubikson gives ten dollars and says, "Please bring back silent protagonists. I can't stand my main characters endlessly talking and trying to sound cool or funny. Love you, Yards. Well, you might love me less if you'd watch my latest extra punctuation, which goes out publicly this week, I believe." Mm -hmm. I feel like silent protags are a, a product of a bygone era. Well, that's very much the subject of the, my extra punctuation, mm -hmm. because I kind I tend to agree. This was it's also it's by... Half Life is very weird without Gordon talking. I know. Like, is right? he supposed? Do we assume he's supposed to be talking, and we don't hear him, Man, or do we assume he just never says anything? You're basically just reading aloud the transcript of my extra punctuation video at this point. Yeah, but like, what, what, like, what are we supposed to assume? I I know, I know. It's in retrospect, okay. it does come across as weird. It's it part of the weird. reason why I, it doesn't bother me that Isaac Clark is a voice in the Dead Space remake. That's right. How about the guy in the topic heart? Well, I wish he was silent. Yeah, I agree oh with Nick on that God. one. Oh my gosh. Anyway, Zaratha gives five R dollars and says, Yar. What did you call me, Marty? Sweet? Screw you, you sweet boy. Yahtzee's sweetness to be determined, though. <laughs> I can be sweet. I've, I mean, you should see me with my daughters. I'm sure you're very sweet. Yes. I'm very sweet when I'm not yelling at them to eat their oatmeal before I smash it in their face. What if they want to play remakes, though? What if they're excited oh, for the Silent oh, Hill 2? What oh. if they like Silent Hill 2 remake better than the original? Out the door. <laughs> <laughs> to Tommy Salty gives 10 PLNs and say, Marty funds Nintendo, not the other way around. Nintendo, man, I just, I need Nintendo to start sending me codes because it is getting bad. I'm, paying, I'm spending so much money on these fucking games. This is... It's, it's, it's unsalvageable. I got a free Switch from Nintendo for review. Son of a bitch. I got a free Wii U from Nintendo. Oh, well, we know who they love most then, don't we? Yeah. Uh, Andrew S. gives $2 and says, Righteous Marty is a treat. Delicious. That's all. I just had delicious. Okay. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yoda7104 gives $5 and says, Is Marty being angrily, purposefully ignorant of the idea of power structures because he is American or because he has felt the pressures at IGN? Ooh. Ooh. I don't work at IGN anymore. If there was, like, an exciting tell-all, don't you think that me or the hundreds of people who left that job, someone would have said what it was like there. Like, oh. I, have no, I have no reason to lie at this point, unless oh, I was paid off 
so heavily. Ah, but what about uh, the Jeff Gerspin at PC at uh, that, GameSpot debacle? That's the, okay. That's great. So that's that's an example from fifteen years ago. What about an example since then? Was it that long ago? I guess it would have been. Wasn't Kanan Lynch like a three sixty game? Yeah, well, but uh, three sixty had a pretty long shelf life. When did Kanan Lynch come out? Kanan Lynch, two thousand seven. 15 years ago. Well, there November. You go. Exactly 15 years. It didn't feel yeah. like that long ago. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, we're old. Anyway. Oh, look. It's it's uh, the other Frost who gave us $5 Frost. for some reason. Jesus. You just, Frost, you could just like DM me a question, just like Slack yeah. me a question. We'll read it out. You could probably expense that, Frost. Yeah. Uh, who says, shouldn't the question be, should critics be good at making games? The best food critics are cooks, not eaters. Bleh, foodies. <laughs> well, on the other hand, uh, Frost, people who, when you like try to criticize something, then turn around and say, have you ever made a such and such? Are yeah. absolute shitheads. Yeah. I mean, like, think about like sports journalists and sports critics. Like, yeah. are they are they expected to like set world records and, and, and kick game-winning field goals and, and fucking nail three-pointers? Although, obviously, I agree that being a game designer does give you an extra insight from an analytical perspective. But uh, I'd say that the player's perspective is equally valid. I would say, yeah. And I would also say that, like, if someone spent a week working in a AAA development studio, like, they would have so many of their preconceptions shattered. Um, and and I, I, I think maybe it would just create more kind of understanding and empathetic critics not like you need to go well with, sure but in, a way, on, but... but in a way doesn't that give you a certain bias doesn't that lead to the situation where that we were complaining about earlier where publishers and the uh video game mainstream media are too in with each other no if you just understand how the sauce is made isn't that a good thing isn't that literally what you were talking about of, of having an understanding of how something how something works well, it's a nuanced issue, and a bit of everything is good. The truth lies somewhere in the middle, I'm sure. Delicious. Appetizer sampler platters for everyone tonight. Anyway, Lani Soulfire gives $5 and says, Yes, he was right. The RE4 remake gameplay demo and trailers make it look like it's lost its campiness, which is part of the charm of OG RE4. I, that's oh. definitely the impression I've been getting too, Lani Soulfire. I will say, the, sec uh, the, the, reason, the only reason I'm withholding judgment is uh, because the sections they are showing are specifically non-campy sections, mm -hmm. um, like sections that are not campy in the original game. So, like leading, going up to the church where Ashley's kidnapped, sort of that whole like going up to that graveyard. Also, there's too much rain in this game. In all this footage they're showing, there's too much rain, and the raindrops are too long. We need shorter raindrops. <laughs> well, too, that... The raindrops are too long. It's insane. Well, that whole bit in the original game where you're going to rescue Ashley was taking place in the pouring rain, as I recall. Yeah, but those raindrops weren't as long. Like, someone who's watched, if anyone in chat has watched this footage, tell me if I'm insane. There's, the rain is too long. Did you know I that, don't know what that means, but the rain's too long. Did you know that in the movies, when they make a rainy scene, rain doesn't really show up on camera uh, if it's just rain by itself? So what they usually do is they, uh, they'll they add a little bit of, like, colorant, usually something like milk, to, oh, the, okay. water, to the water before yeah. they spray it over the scene so it yeah. shows up on camera. Fun fact there. Look at that. Maybe that's what they did here. So every time I see in a game, it's yeah, every time I see a game, it's visibly raining. I think, oh, I'm getting drenched in milk. 
Yeah. I didn't oh, plan no. for this when I got out of the car. Oh no, our lean was our lead was lactose intolerant. Uh Diwat, member for two months in early access, says enjoying the stream. Well Thank I'm glad so to hear it, Mirful Diwat. We you. will enjoy your uh, member money. We do. Orange Kitty gives fifty Canadian dollars deep red in super chat, no less. To say, I don't think you need to be a skilled player. One of my favourite critics is self-proclaimed terrible at games, yet he still has some of the most insightful critics of games of all times. Shout out to Noah Coldwell Gervais on YouTube, who you brought up earlier. I did. Seven and a half hour video on, I mean, at uh, that point, on the Resident Evil franchise. At that point, you might as well write a book, because that's what you've basically done for, for a it's script wonderful. for a seven hour video where you're constantly talking. I've been watching a little bit of it, a little bit of it every time. He also started with Resident Evil Zero because he wanted to play them canonically. And he's like, I recommend people do not start with Resident Evil Zero. This was a very bad place no, to start. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. It's like uh, starting playing the Half-Life games by playing Black Mesa. That would have been a very oh, dumb thing right. to do. All right. Did we uh, tell you how we think the game is haunted? Because the game suddenly oh. became widescreen. So the game was in uh, four by three, our first two streams. And yeah. then for this last stream, the game is suddenly widescreen. Did, did KZ change the settings? Didn't change. He, he rebounds some of the keys so it's easy for him to crouch jump. And then suddenly the game was widescreen and then he appeared into, in a box and he couldn't get out of the box. So we think the game is haunted. Hmm. That's our theory. Well, it was a pretty janky engine at the time. This is true. Was that, so, was that the first Source game? Uh, no, it was based off was the Quake engine. The original oh. Quake engine, no less. I didn't know that. And, uh, it was called the Gold Source engine, but it was based on the original Quake. As quite a lot of uh, engines are, there are games engines to this day that still contain code from the original Quake. Which is, it is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is like nuts to me that someone wrote code almost 30 years ago. And, and it's, it's, it's some of that DNA is still in games. That's very cool. Tazgar, member for nine months in early access, says, is a pro player always a good critic? Well, that was my oh. earlier point, Tazgar. I think there's, it is possible to be too in. <laughs> I think we're at your point where you're saying, oh, you have marginally changed the GUIs from how I remembered it from the previous update. You've ruined everything. Now the you've GUIs. completely thrown off my muscle memory. <laughs> yeah, I think, of, I think of consuming things from pros as like an entirely different thing than criticism. Like I love uh, games done quick runs. I love watching speed runs of games because it makes me look at games I thought I knew well in an entirely yeah. different light. And the same thing, like, I don't know, there's a big, uh, so they announced that there's a Street Fighter Six tournament coming up with a million dollar prize pool. I th you want to read a review from someone who, I generally don't know, like from someone who competes in that tournament, do you want to read a review from someone who's like, Pretty I casual fighting it, I, fan like KC or someone who doesn't know shit like the two of us. I find it really hard to watch competitive pro gaming stuff because everything's just way too in. It's all it is, yeah, full of terminology I don't get. I think that's, again, part of the reason why I think I know both of us really liked Neon White is because it feels like it's almost like a, a gateway. Like it is it is a way to understand the some of the thought process behind competitive speedrunning. Hey, look who's back from his walk. Is it toffee? Yeah, it might well I bet be. it's toffee. Did you have a fun time? Did you do a big poo? Did you piss on any barns? Did you piss on many of big pictures of Marty's face? 
No, that'd be weird if mine were in East Bay. Get my get my face out of there. <clears throat> anyway, uh, SVScore two thousand gives five dollars uh, euros and says reaction videos are the same thing as someone recommending an anime to someone and then needling them. Did you watch it yet? What did you think? I think people uh, do that with things besides anime, SVScore two thousand. But I guess <laughs> you gave us an unintended insight into your life there. Eh? Uh, yeah, I guess is it also the same as uh, Yahtzee? You get recommended things every so often. Oh, do I? I hadn't noticed. Coming this summer, members on Patreon can choose mm. what game Yahtzee has to review during the slow season. Oh, God. Just make me review my dog. Uh, 8 out of 10. I like his cuddles, but he does stink. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Mateusz Świtoslawski. That's probably wrong, but uh, fine. Gives 25 PLNs and says, There is a need for critics that review games outside of their comfort. Is this game beginner-friendly? But not according to a veteran, but genre noob. As mm -hmm. I say, uh, a range of opinions, probably for the yeah. best. I also, I've, I've said this before on streams, but I really like, I really appreciate someone like uh, Nick every year feels like he gets outside of his comfort zone a little bit mm. by something new. He, you know what I he, wonder he if... taught himself to like Souls-likes. He taught himself to enjoy these like uh, isometric RPGs. He's trying to get into to roguelikes. You I know what I feel like? Being uh, like a, a, a lifelong vet of video games mm -hmm. in the traditional sense sort of puts me at a disadvantage when it comes to reviewing really avant-garde shit like your Sam Barlow uh, FMV mm. games. Uh, which, you know... People who are entirely new to gaming probably have a diff completely different experience with because they got no preset biases in that area. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like they're 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 going in a blank slate. Hmm. Atabula Rasa. Ooh, oh, that was the name of the third episode of Lost. Uh, it was also a shitty game by oh. Richard. Gaines. Oh yeah, that's right. Forgot about that game. Also, big update: Tommy Salty, renowned Polish, did good job, Marty, on the pronunciation. Oh, so, nice. Just want to say. Uh, B.S. Marsh gives $5 and says, I consider the fact that I beat Elden Ring at my age a minor miracle. My lack of immediate skill is not an indictment of the game. There you go. Fair enough. Proud of you, B.S. Marsh. Kiro Osex the 13th in gives $10 and says, More pleasing words. Do you want to tackle these or shall I? Uh, Soliloquy. I, I don't know some of these words. <laughs> Soliloquy, alveola, inspissate, endocrine, ophthalmological, Poetaster. I don't think I know. That I last literally one. only know soliloquy. I don't think I know that last one. Poet is that someone who eats poets? Oh, someone who no. eats poets and criticizes them for a magazine or something. <laughs> oh, and now no. here's the insights from our resident poet taster. <laughs> Hot creamy fart gives twenty dollars. And says, there's no grand conspiracy. What makes IGN look bad is giving Madden nothing less than an 8 for a decade until 2021. And by then they had fully endorsed every participle of the most scientifically abusive monetization scheme. Okay. I did a, I did the jerk-off motion. And, okay, and fine. Put it there. It was a, they, they get someone who is a hardcore Madden fan to, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. They get someone who really likes Madden to review Madden because and, that's what Madden yeah, fans want to hear. That would be as someone who is completely not engaged with the rest of the sphere of gaming, I assume. But you know who uh, you know who that represents? 90% of the people who buy Madden. Um, yes. Well, that's it, isn't yeah. it? 
Uh, Kurt Horsting gives $10 and says, For me, watching reviews of 1v1 fighting games by people who don't have any idea how they work is as useful as getting a guitar review by someone who doesn't know how to play a chord. Okay. Yeah, but I, you could also, that review of that fighting game could be a gateway for people who are like, hey, I don't know anything about fighting games. Yeah, could I get yeah. enjoyment out of it? Maybe it's not for you. Because yeah. fighting games, along with RTSs, I think, are one of the genres that I think have been completely taken over by the sweaties. Mm -hmm. Everyone who plays those games dreams of being a pro in the competitive scene. No one just Last has those, them games for fun anymore. Uh, Captain Loin gives $10 and says, Unfortunately, the game review system feels broken. Tight review schedules and the forbidden numbers on review scores really seem to have gutted the actual idea of in-depth critique among many. I guess that's why a lot of people go to YouTube for those hour-long Noah Caldwell Gervais essays. Yeah. I know I certainly do when I'm looking for something with some actual deep insight. Yep. Because again, think of like the IGN critic is for the person, the layman who is just Googling blank game then wants they're, to see a score yes, they're aiming at the moron in a hurry mm -hmm. as discussed in earlier yeah. streams uh daniel th gives five dollars and says this message has been brought to you by machinima oh machinima that old site was that an escapist thing hmm i actually i know very little about machinima was that an escapist thing or no, was the escapist no, machinima.com machinima was like a aggregate site for machinima videos and they were very shitty to their creators. Oh, that's not apparently. Good. Was that what the like? Was that red versus blue? Was that something else? No, that was Rooster Teeth. Oh, it turns Machinima out I don't know shit about any was of this. a few things. I think Freeman's mind was on Machinima at first, and they had a big falling out. Is that that game? Is that that terrible game that Casey and I are supposed to play? Oh, shut up! Oh, no, hey, we... is, isn't isn't that what Freeman's mind is? Yeah, well, Freeman's mind is a video series on the subject of Half Life. Oh. Wait, what's the really bad Half-Life game that we're supposed to play? Oh, uh, Hunt Down the Freeman. Hunt Down the Freeman. Okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, no, Freeman's Mind is a comedy series uh, by Ross mm. Scott where he goes through all of Half-Life and adds a narration from Gordon Freeman. And it's very funny. Mm. Check it out once you've finished the game. Interesting. Oh, oh I noticed we've reached our goal for Nick and Marty <sighs> play a bunch of Xbox 360 games. Da, 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 da. Apparently those games are Max Payne 3, Alan Wake, Splinter Cell, Blacklist. Fourth game is up in the air. That's what uh, Can it be uh, Inversion? I don't even remember what Inversion was. It was a shitty third-person shooter. Like uh, many shitty third-person shooters that were on the Xbox 360. <laughs> that, that, that was... Uh... That that console was lousy. With I know, right? Yeah. Cover-based shooters, no less. Yeah, right. With lots of brown. Uh, Daniel Th gives five dollars and says, "Who are your favorite video game critics?" And if you say yourself, I completely understand. Well, I don't even like myself very much, Daniel Th. <laughs> but I like, uh, just to bring him up again, Ross Scott, who does Freeman's Mind, also does Ross's Game Dungeon, which I've always liked because he takes a sort of airy, uh, broad cultural perspective on, like, old DOS games. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, Stephanie Sterling's always good for a laugh. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, generally the stuff I gravitate towards are, are uh, YouTube essayists who, um, again, don't have to they have more time to to kind of think and and formulate yeah. 
their opinions. They, they're not, you know, stuck to the embargo model. And so folks like uh, Jacob Geller, the aforementioned uh, Noel Caldwell Gervais, uh, mm-hmm. Eurothug, Super Eyepatch Wolf, Rasputin. Yeah, Super Eyepatch Wolf. Who's that? Yeah. Uh, White Light, I think he's called. White Light, yeah. Uh, I like uh, Tesnakera. He's pretty good. I don't know what that is. That sounds great, though. Uh, where are we? Dimitri gives 10 Canadian dollars. Says, a game's pacing and challenge curve is often considered for the default difficulty. What would be the possible fix for when critics aren't good at games enough to evaluate stroke appreciate that type of pacing? Oh, wow. As I say, uh, maybe critics can only provide the average level of skills perspective. Yeah. So I'm always interested go. in yeah, and again, I think as long as as folks are honest with like what their take on a thing is, then if you know what you're getting into, then I think uh I'm I'm down to read anything as long as someone is honest about like you know their history or the circumstances they played this thing in or or the struggles they had with it. I shouldn't say I'm down to read anything because I'm very much not down to read anything, but I think anything should be able to exist as long as people sort of explain why. Uh, sorry, I was just corresponding there for a second. Ooh, that's exciting. <clears throat> uh, Glock of Mole, member for 21 months in early access, says nice scarf yards. It's not a scarf. Uh, people keep thinking it's a scarf. It's a bathrobe with the grey lining. See? It goes all yeah, the way I've, down. I have a uh, I have a cardigan that is a different color on the chest than it is on the arms, and people always call it a vest, and I get very self-conscious when people call it a vest. So I'm like, it is a cardigan, and it's just different colors on the arms. So yeah. I know how you feel. There. See, I grew up th- assuming a vest was uh, what you would think of as a wife beater. Mm. And uh, what you think of as a waist, I think of as either a waistcoat or a tank mm. top. Okay, interesting. Anyway. Uh, Maximilianus101 gives $5. Says, as I get older, I find I'm getting worse at games, especially ones that require Twitch reflexes. Has this happened to anyone else, or am I just broken? Nope. I feel like my manual dexterity has reduced as I've (laughs) uh, gotten older, but, uh, you know always find compensations that work for you i never used to need a wrist cushion when i was playing mouse and keyboard games but i do these days yeah i think there's even like a uh, so many uh professional like league of legends players or whatever they like tend to peak at like something like 22 or 23 and then your, your reflexes go down after that apparently yeah, which yeah, is that's why most terrifying. professional athletes sort of retire at 25 yeah Uh, well, depending on the sport, I guess. Uh, Captain Loin gives five dollars and says, "Sometimes they do make the book instead." Daniel Johnson did a seven hundred fifty page critical analysis of Wario Land Four about a decade That's ago. Pages. That's too many pages. That's too many pages about Wario Land Four. As someone who loves Wario Land Four, too many pages. Hmm. Luke Jimenez, member for nine months in early access, says, "Early work means I can catch the end of the stream." Good for you, Luke Jimenez. You did it. I think you may have skipped to Did I? Clover oh. and Anais and Jackson oh, yes, 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 yes. Clover and Anais, member for six months of bonus content, says, Richard who? I know only of Lord British. Also, we've been here for six months, like what the F. 
Yeah, Richard Garriott, or as he likes to be called, Lord British, originally creator of the Ultima games. Mm. Though I think in Tabula Rasa, his self-insert character was called General British. Because mm. it wasn't that's, a fan, cause it wasn't a fantasy setting. That's way different. You can still be a lord in space, right? Apparently he's space, kind of a nutter, lord. Richard Garriott. Because yeah, yeah, he's, he's really rich and a uh, bit of an auteur. And I heard a story, I have not, you know, verified the truth of this, but apparently he once held a Titanic-themed party where he got everyone on a ship in the middle of a lake and then he, he actually sank it and everyone had to swim to shore. To be honest, at a certain point, uh, people should no longer be able to get any more money. As if I said, you've reached the top of money, yeah. then you no more money for you. You've, As I said, I don't know how true that is. That's just the story I've heard. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Jewel gives five dollars and says the question is also: Do you have to be a good writer to review books? The Last of Us was a good story pasted over solid but unremarkable gameplay. Well, most people who review books write criticism in essay form, so yeah. I say yes. You have to be a good writer to review books. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I would say a book critic is the closest has the closest set of skills to the thing they are reviewing yeah yeah because it's in, cause they're just, in anything because what else are you doing when you're critiquing if not writing yeah yeah i mean that doesn't mean you're you're good at you know spinning up a story or characterization or anything well like that's that, but, yeah quite that's yeah. a different thing you have you have the at the very least you have the tool set uh be gives five a dollars and says how many critics could a good critic critique good if good critic could critique critiques good i'm gonna throw up I think they're just having a little fun. I'm going to throw up. That's too, that's, that's too many tongue twisters. Uh, Cornish Cream T07 gives two pounds and says Matthew Matosis is a game essayist worth watching. If you I say so, Matosis Cornish Cream T. I love Matthew Matosis. And SVSGuru2000 gives five euros and says what do professional athletes do after they retire? Do they get a real job or do they live off their riches they made playing the sports ball? My understanding is that the usual career path is uh, sponsorships mm -hmm. and uh, product endorsement and being a commentator on the sport. Yeah. Uh, however, there's, there are plenty of like, you know, those are the ones who are like fortunate enough to be sort of top of the line athletes, like household names yeah. and, and, and whatnot. And presumably but, didn't retire with massive brain damage like Muhammad Ali. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or, or sort of, you know, spend all their money as soon as they made it and then they're you know, ostensibly disabled after they're retired, and I think don't in like any, uh, uh, in the in British football circles, they mostly just become commentators. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and I think like uh, Tom Brady, the, the the football player who retired, um, signed a contract to be a commentator for Fox for football, and his contract for Fox was bigger than all of the money he made in his career. Hmm. Um, so. Yeah, endorsements, all that shit. Oh, that's Hollywood for you. Or they make space jams. Space jams? Artisanal space jams? Artisanals. Go down to the farmer's market on the weekend. Get yourself some space jams. Oh, I like some artisanal space jam. I got some artisanal space marmalade at the uh, Cost Plus World Market the other day. Some Paddington shit right there. What do you think of Paddington? Have you ever watched Paddington? I have not watched a great deal of Paddington. Obviously, right. I know of it. Yeah, the movies are very good, and he likes marmalade. Well, he was like a series of books and animated things in the yeah, UK. I'm not, before. A, I'm not a nerd, though. I just watch the movies. You don't have to be a nerd to know who Paddington is. You just have to be a British person. 
Sounds like a nerd. One and the same. Okay. I, mean, I think you brought up last week. Eld- what was it? Eldon Duncan? Or you, what was you want the- to go to Vinnie Jones and tell him all British people are nerds? No, he's scary. He's the juggernaut. He beat the shit out of me. Well, quite. I'd watch <laughs> my words more carefully. I would never. Anyway, I think that's all the Super Chats. So, uh... I will just say thank you very much for watching Slightly Something Else. I was Yahtzee Croshaw, and that over there is Marty Slaver. Hello. Thank you. Enid uh, Blyton, that was the thing I couldn't remember. Thank you, Oh, Enid yes, Blyton. that thing. Uh, did you uh, see, was that you? Did I see Enid Blyton was, like, trending on Twitter? Couldn't have been because of you. I doubt, very much doubt it was because of me. I just brought it up because it felt like Hogwarts Legacy, all the characters were talking like they were characters in Enid Blyton books. The thing I didn't like was that I'd never heard those words before, and then I heard them several times in one week. And let me tell it's you, funny how that happens, like isn't it? That. Like you yeah. hear a new word, and then suddenly it's all over the place. Yeah, I don't like it. Makes me uncomfortable. Anyway, what have we got coming up this week? Uh, later tonight, uh, Casey and Jesse will be back for Hidden Gems playing Wanted Dead. Ooh. The controversial. I played like half an hour of that. I thought it was shit. <laughs> a lot of people think it was shit. Not Casey, though. Casey, big fan of it. Uh, so yeah, we'll have that. Um, we'll have uh, the, the regular the regular streams all week. Recap tomorrow. We'll be we'll be chatting about Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do you got? What do you got going on in, on ZP later this week? Well, on uh, zero punctuation this week, I will be reviewing the Dead Space remake, so I can Ooh. put off doing Hogwarts Legacy another week, and uh, put off getting all my windows broken. So obviously I'll be streaming Dead, the Dead Space remake in the post-CP stream. Maybe I'll even play mm-hmm. New Game Plus so everyone can Ooh. see all the fancy new weapons. Nice. Um, uh, and I've got an extra punctuation dropping for everyone on YouTube on Thursday, which is on the subject of silent protagonists, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be doing our usual Sea of Thieves stream on Thursday. Maybe Jack will be back for that. I don't know. There's really no, there's really no way of knowing. However... Jack will be back on Friday. New stream that was funded by y'all. Adventure is live. It's oh, going to yes. be a late stream, 5 p.m. Central <laughs> to 7 p.m. Central, Ooh. Um, where uh, Jack, Amy, Casey, and Jesse are going to get together and play various uh, tabletop RPG video games. Well, actually, chat. I think Oof. this week we're all showing up for a, a chat stream about the Fuck. last for the last season of Adventure is Nigh, like we I did. Didn't know that. Like we did after the first season. So Incredible. this week, Adventure is Live will be one of those again. We're all going to get together and answer your questions on Season 2 of Adventure is Night. Incredible. Uh, Tommy says, why do you hate Europe? It's because we uh, have an Australian in the midst. And, uh, blame blame Amy for hating Europe. I lived uh, in yeah, Australia for like 13 years. I think of Australia uh, as more the place I come from than I think of Britain at this point. Oh, no, I meant just time zone-wise. I think Tommy said, why do you hate Europe? As in, because it's very late for Europe. And I said, because it has to work for Amy. Okay. Um, Yeah, that'll be great. So if you have questions for Adventures Nigh, um, tune into that on Friday evening. We'll get those in. Uh, There you go. And I guess that'll be it from us. Heck yeah. So, bye. Bye, everybody. Toppies over there somewhere. Say bye, Toffee. Toffee says bye.